welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. But I want to share a word with you today that's something that's kind of been on my heart for a little while. Um, and I'm not sure, I, I, I don't know, this is kind of just speaking from my heart. This is something that God has been teaching me personally, so this is kind of a fresh thing that's, that's just going on. We're not in the middle of a sermon series or anything, but um, if you have uh, a, a Bible, uh, we have a couple of scriptures up here on the screen. The first one is Mark um, chapter 8, verse 36. We're going to look at Mark eight thirty-six. It's just a real simple scripture where Jesus is talking about, really he's talking about eternal life. And uh, he says, he says, what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and yet lose his own soul? And uh, you've probably heard that scripture before. And man, if, 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 if there's ever a time we need to be reminded of that, this is the season. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world, a lot of crazy things going on. Uh, but the most important thing that you gain is not physical security. Um, it is your soul. And so I guess really I have a question for you is do you... Uh, have you gained your soul? <laughs> Are you in possession of your soul? Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. It's your interior life. And um, yeah, that's kind of the question. Like, have you gained your soul? Now, obviously, Jesus here is talking about an eternal perspective, right? To gain your soul for eternal life. But if you haven't gained your soul, if you haven't, if you if you don't possess your soul in this life, you're not going to possess it in the next life. It's not a gift that you get at the, at the graduation gift at the end. Salvation that God offers, that Jesus came to purchase, starts right here and right now. And so I guess I'm just asking, do you, do you have your own soul? Or does somebody else have it? <laughs> and I, I don't know, the, 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 main, the main thing that I feel like God wants me to share with you today is really having to do with forgiveness. Because when you have unforgiveness, somebody else owns a piece of your soul. So you don't have your own soul if you are holding on to unforgiveness. Because when you're holding on to unforgiveness, you're allowing somebody else to maintain uh, real estate inside of your head. And so ultimately, I don't know, maybe there needs to be a whole sermon series on forgiveness because it's a big deal. Um, I think oftentimes in church we talk about it so much that it loses a lot of its meaning. And as I was praying about this, and as the Lord was just speaking to me about this, I feel like, and it's kind of started, I guess, on Monday night. Um, uh, those of you who are a part of City Chapel, you may know or may not, but we have a leadership team. We have people that lead stuff at City Chapel. And uh, Ro and I couldn't do it without that team, couldn't do City Chapel without that team. And so once a month, we meet with that team on a Monday night. And uh, because of the recommendation of the church health team, actually, from a couple months ago, we've kind of changed the format of that meeting. And uh, the past couple of months has been pretty awesome. Uh, we've started just trying to be more vulnerable with each other trying to be more open about where we're at emotionally and spiritually, physically and stuff like that. And so um, that's kind of been taking over the meeting a bit. Uh, so we don't quite get as much business done, but we do a lot of soul uh, connection, which I think is really, really good. And I feel like just coming out of that meeting this past Monday night, 
uh, it was at our house. And if you're interested in leading at City Chapel, uh, we, we, like, we, we are open to new people coming in and leading. And so we're open. So go ahead and let us know. Just, just come talk to me. Say, I'm interested in leading. We'll talk to you about the steps toward leadership. Um, and, and, and so we were there on Monday night. We were talking uh, and just connecting with each other. And I really sensed that God wanted to heal uh, hearts. And uh, Alan and I were talking about that afterward, that God is doing a, a healing work. Uh, at City Chapel. He's doing a healing work, and this is true, like, uh, in our leadership meetings. This is true in our small groups. If you guys have been a part of the, the healing from depression that Roe is leading or the walking with the Spirit, I feel like we're in various groups. Uh, God is just promoting um, internal healing. He's wanting to do a deeper work of healing. Why? Because he wants you to possess your soul. He wants you to have ownership and charge under his leadership of your mind, will, and emotions. And he's, he's tired, I think, of, of Ukraine controlling it, <laughs> or Trump controlling it, or Biden, or, like, or your friends, or just, just so many different things that just pull for our emotions and our mind, and our mind is racing, and it's full of so many things, and God wants to hand it back to you. He wants you to own it, and it, for it to be fresh and restful and peaceful, and for your mind to be at rest, for you to be able to sleep at night, for you to be able to have relationships that, 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 that benefit you and other people, right? So God, God, like, God wants these things for you, but it starts with this thing of possessing your soul. And so as I was praying about that, really forgiveness is a big part of that. And, and yet I think the, the hardest person to forgive and the, the one that you really have to start with. And so that's what I'm going to start with today. I don't know what I'm preaching on next week, but I feel like, I feel like God wants to speak to somebody today that you need to forgive yourself. <laughs> um, now, I've, I've had over the years, I've had various conversations with people about this. Various people have come up to me or in counseling meetings have talked about that they need to forgive themselves, but they don't know how to forgive themselves. And this is a tricky thing because personally, I, I'm, I'm a very black and white person. And so for me, I'm like, well, if God's already forgiven you, then you don't need to forgive yourself. You just need to accept the forgiveness that he has already get, gotten for you. And there's a definite sense of that. There's a definite truth to that. And some of you are at that place, honestly. It's just lack of faith. You just don't believe that Jesus died for you. And you've been to church and you've raised your hand, you've prayed the prayer, but and when it comes right down to it, when you, when you think about the love of God, you, it applies to other people, but not to you. And so for some of us, that is exactly where you're at. You need to put faith in the love of God, that Jesus Died for sinners of whom I am chief, is what scripture says, right? So it's like, I'm a sinner and Christ died for me. And some of us, that, that's, that's, that's where we need to be. We need to put our faith in that and just believe it because God says it, right? But for the Lord, is blown. he's about to take the tarp with him. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, there are available seats in here if you guys want to come in and but David, maybe if you could hold on to that, that back, that back, back there. Yeah, just all your body weight, David, everything, the whole thing. Uh, he weighs about as much as me. So the two of us will, will take care of it. Um, but no, but, but for some of us, we really do need to practice forgiveness on ourselves. And honestly, probably other people too. 
But, on, but it starts, if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive anyone else. You'll never learn how to forgive others if you don't practice on yourself because, because it is the easiest thing to forgive yourself. And I'm throwing it out there, and I know some of you have struggled this all your life, and you're like, well, that's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's easier than forgiving other people because you, you're wonderful. <laughs> it's those other losers out there. like that, They're the problem. No, but you can understand you. You can apologize to you. You can forgive yourself. And I feel like the Lord wants us to forgive ourselves. And so as I was praying about this, I just felt like there was a roadmap uh, to Forgiveness Street. And so I got some, some roadmaps uh, here, some path uh, toward self-forgiveness. And it may feel selfish, actually. Um, and I know in church, that's not good to be selfish. But man, let me tell you, like when you're on a plane, you put the mask on yourself first, right? Before you put it on your kids. You guys heard, heard that? I never had to do it, but apparently. And also, apparently, you're supposed to take your face mask off before you put the air mask on. Because COVID doesn't go through the air mask, so you're good. You're good to go. But uh, no, that's, that's the new thing. And they're like, be sure to take this and put this on. Anyway, I, I want to tell you about the roadmap. Because many of us, for many of us, it's like one step. It's like, okay, I need to forgive myself. Yes, okay. I need to, okay, all right. So let's, let's have Pastor Harry pray a prayer. Let's all bow our heads and let's forgive ourselves. Well, there's actually a path. There's actually a road to Forgiveness Street. You don't just arrive on Forgiveness Street. There's a, there's a path there. So first off, you need to go down Justice, uh, Justice, I don't know, what did I say? Justice Ave. There you go. Justice Avenue. You got to go down Justice Avenue. Many of us avoid Justice Avenue because when trying to forgive, this seems like the backward way to start thinking about justice. What should have happened? But if you can't identify what should have happened, you'll never really be able to forgive. So this is true of other people. Like, so forgiveness is not ignoring. Forgiveness is not just shoving something down and saying, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm just going to forgive and forget, right? Forgive and forget, for, those are two different things. <laughs> so forget, oh, okay, good luck with that. But forgive is something you can actually do. Right? Forgetting, I don't know how you do that. I'm not sure how that works. But forgiveness is something that Scripture teaches us, and they're not at all the same thing. So forgetting is where you just don't think about it and press it down. And what that does is it creates internal anger, which leads to depression. And so if you're dealing with that, go to Rose class because they're walking through that. Uh, but but you, this is not forgiveness. And so to say, I forgive myself and I just release myself of this and, uh, okay, I'm going to go on with my life. Well, okay, but if, if, you, if, you, if you just jumped onto Forgiveness Street and you didn't walk down Justice Avenue, then you haven't really forgiven yourself. What do I mean by Justice Avenue? I mean by justice, you have to look at what you did. So, so just think about something that you have a hard time forgiving yourself for. All right? This is a kind of different kind of sermon. It's very practical. Think about something that you have a hard time forgiving yourself for. And you know that you have a hard time forgiving yourself for this because yourself will accuse yourself of this at different times in your life. Right? When, when it seems like you're doing it again. <laughs> when it seems like it's a similar situation. It's like, oh, yep, you always, you're never going to. It's those kinds of thoughts that get in your mind. You know you haven't forgiven yourself over something when you still feel guilty for something. 
right? So, so you can receive the forgiveness of Jesus, and that's where it starts. But after you, for, after you receive the forgiveness of Jesus, you also have to forgive yourself. Because otherwise, you will live like you'll be forgiven by God, and you'll live as if you're not. You'll be forgiven by God through his blood, through his son Jesus, and yet you will live as if you're not. And so you have to start off down going on Justice Avenue. Justice Avenue is when you ask the question, okay, this is what I did, and this is what I should have done. Now, as soon as you say, this is what I did, and this is what I should have done, immediately excuses will start coming to your mind about why you did what you did. Well, I was really young, uh, like that, that Adele song, uh, you know, I was, I was too young to be, I don't know, to be held accountable or responsible for my decisions. It's like, what? No, you're kind of, like, if you're old enough to make the decision, you're old enough to be accountable for the decision. And so, and so what happens is, we, we, and, 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 and I, think, I think we think that that's, that's helping us forgive. Like many times when I talk to people, I'm like, have you forgiven so-and-so for such-and-such? And they'll say, well, yes, because they didn't really know any better, and they, they, were, they, they, they were ignorant of this and of that, or they didn't mean it. What are you doing? You're, you're making excuses for what somebody did. So you haven't really forgiven them. You've whitewashed what they did to kind of make it like, I, I sort of understand. But this is not Justice Avenue. Justice Avenue doesn't care what your defense is. If you're guilty, you're guilty. Right? Proverbs says that if, a, that if a poor man steals bread, nobody blames him. Right? That's because everybody is sympathetic for a poor guy who's starving, who steals bread. But it says if he's caught, he'll have to pay seven times. In other words, justice is still justice. Justice doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> justice doesn't care about the situation that led you to da 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 da, da. And, and unfortunately, we cannot forgive ourselves if we're not if we don't go down Justice Street, because if we don't go down Justice Street, we're not really releasing ourselves of actually what we did. And the same is true with others. If, we, if, we're, if we're always making excuses for them, that may help us understand why they did what, we, what they did, and that's fine. But we have to then get real about what exactly did they do and what should they have done. All right, what did my parents do and what should they have done? I'm not saying what did they have education for, or what did they have the, sp the headspace for, or what did they have the, the even emotional intelligence for. No, but just simply what should they have done? When they stand before God, what is, is, is God going to take all that collateral into account? Or is he going to open his word and say, this is my standard, this is what you should have done? Pa fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Period. Period. doesn't matter if you have a drinking problem. Period. Like, so God's going to open the books, and he's justice, right? There's going to be a day for justice. Well, guess what? If you really want to walk down, if you want to get to Forgiveness Street, you have to go down Justice Avenue first, and you have to look at yourself. And this is good practice when you forgive others as well. Be honest about the sin that they committed. Don't whitewash it. Don't soften it. Be honest. This is what I deserved, and this is what I got right? And so the same is true about yourself. So this is how you practice on yourself. You look back and you say, this is what I should have done. This is how I should have treated that boyfriend. This is how I should have treated that spouse. This is how I should have treated that, that boss. Like, this is what I should have said. And just, just, just put a period on it, not a comma, but I was hungry. <laughs> but, but I hadn't had much sleep the night before. Like, this is how I should have treated my kids when they broke the whatever. But I was, no, 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 like, don't, don't, don't put the comma in there. Just, just be honest. Just, just walk. This is what I did, and this is what I should have done. And that's why it was absolutely wrong. 
You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not sin, right? Sometimes it's just, this is how I should have spoken up for myself. Or this is how I, I should have pursued what I wanted. Instead of letting somebody else kind of design my life for me. I should have been stronger in my convictions. I should have stood up for what I believed in instead of going along with the crowd. I should, like, and so you have to, you have to acknowledge that. I should have kept my mouth shut instead of gossiping about that person. I, 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 I should have been more gentle instead of yelling, right? Like, so there's all these things that, that, that will come up in our mind. I shouldn't have smoked that, right? Shouldn't have been at that party, you know what I'm saying? I, I shouldn't have dated that guy. I, I should never have married that person. Right, like that, like I, there's so many warning signs. I, I, I knew, like in this, and I knew this was wrong. I knew we were doing this, which was wrong, and yet I kept on going. So you have to be honest with yourself. Maybe I shouldn't have got that divorce. So you have to be honest with yourself to walk down Justice Avenue. Now, as you're walking down Justice Justice Avenue, you have to be careful uh, not to turn down Condemnation Street because. That's, a, that's connected to justice. It seems like that's where you should turn to get to, to forgiveness, right? If I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to walk down Justice Avenue, then here comes Condemnation Street, which the difference between just, justice is simply being honest about the, the crime that was committed. Condemnation is jumping to the conclusion about the crime. In other words, condemnation is where you say, well, I always do that. That's because my dad did that, and that's because his dad did that, and that's, that's how I'm always going to react. And condemnation where you beat yourself up, where you, where you whip yourself, and you make yourself feel terrible, and you cry, and you moan, and you, and it, I, was, I was telling the kids about Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, you know, from uh, the, the old church, uh, the, pro, the beginning of Protestantism, you know, and I was telling them about Martin Luther and how Martin Luther used to literally have a whip where he would, a leather whip where he would beat himself for the sins that he committed. And Michael was like, what kind of sins did he commit? And I said, well, he would have, <laughs> he would have like a bad thought, you know, which is, which is a sin. He would have a lustful thought and, and, and he would, and he would feel that he needed to make atonement for that. Right. And so that's so foreign to my kids. But I said, guys, like this, like if you're, if you actually live on Justice Avenue, condemnation is going to be very tempting for you. So you need to go down Justice Avenue, but don't turn down Condemnation Street. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you have to lay down the whip, all right? Don't beat yourself. Don't whip yourself. Don't try to atone for your sin because you can't. Condemnation Street's a really long road. It's, 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 it's like 35. It just keeps going and going. And then there's 35A and then there's 35, I don't know, B or something. And then you could do D around Dallas and it just keeps like, it just keeps going and going. It's a long road. You'll never, you'll never get back to justice. You'll be stuck on condemnation all your life and you'll think it's spiritual for feeling awful. And every time you get in worship, you'll just feel awful. <laughs> That's not what God wants for you. God wants you to possess your own soul. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world, if he gained all the religion, if he knows all the Christian songs, if he loses, if he doesn't have his own soul? His mind is not his own. His emotions is not his own. And his will is not his own. He wants you to have it. And so he wants you to be able to release yourself or forgive yourself or let yourself go 
from the sin that you committed. You walk down Justice Avenue, make a right. Don't turn onto Condemnation Street because that's really tempting. But instead, then you have to make a right down Consequence Boulevard. <laughs> uh, it's a boulevard of broken dreams and you walk alone. Da-da, da-da. Anyway, I don't know. You just... <laughs> Every time I hear boulevard, it's just, that's the way it goes. But it sort of is, I guess. It's a, it's a boulevard of broken dreams. It, you, you have to go down Consequence Boulevard. And this is true also when you're forgiving others. You can't just be like, well, what they did was wrong, and I release them. No, you have to be honest about what it cost you. So now this is dangerous because I'll, I'll, I'll talk to people and I'll be like, okay, so um, uh, they'll say, I'll need to forgive this person. I don't know how to forgive. Or I need to forgive myself. I don't know how to forgive myself. Okay, great. What did you do that was wrong? Well, I did this, but really I was hungry and da, 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 no, 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 not really anything. Just you did this. What should you have done? Well, I should have done this. Okay, great. So that's what you need to forgive yourself of. Yes, absolutely. All right. What did, what did doing that cost you? What did you, like, what did you do to yourself when you did that? Because in order to forgive somebody, you have to be honest about what what they did to you and what it, how it hurt you. The consequences. Well, you know, for instance, uh, I, I did to myself, I let down my standards, right? And I, I, I had sex before marriage. Okay, what did that do to you? Well, that made me feel less of a person. Well, that messed up my version of sexuality. Mindset of something that's supposed to be intimacy. You know what I mean? And so, you, but you, that's why Consequence Boulevard takes a little while to walk down. Because you can't do this like in a service. At the end of service, everybody cl- cl- close your eyes, bow your heads. We're going to, like, maybe, I mean, some people they can because they, they, they've thought through this. And that's fine. But some people it takes minutes, some people it takes months. But it is important for everything that comes up in your mind that you haven't forgiven yourself for, that God has forgiven you for, it's important that you walk down Justice Avenue and then that you turn down Consequence Boulevard. Depending on how long ago your sin or your lack of whatever was, you weren't smart enough, you weren't strong enough, right? How, how, maybe that was 20 years ago. That going to be a lot of consequences. Especially if you had kids during that time. Because those kids are still paying the consequences for your sin. Or that spouse or that ex-spouse. And so you can, you can sit and you can, and, and it's dangerous. Consequence Boulevard is dangerous because, oh my goodness, it can get overwhelming. And it can get depressing. And it can get embittering. Yeah, yeah, that's what, it, yeah, those jerks, that's what they did to me. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember, we're going to Forgiveness Street. Hold on. Hold on. It's like, <laughs> like, to walk down Consequence Boulevard and not turn left on Accountability Cove is difficult. <laughs> Accountability Cove, it's a cul-de-sac. You go down it and it curves around like this and you come right back to consequences and then you go down it and it curves around like this. And seriously, like some people, they they walk down Consequence Boulevard and they get so angry as they're walking down Consequence Boulevard that they turn down Accountability Cove and they just sit there. They're like, you know what? I'm going to sit here until so-and-so comes and apologizes (laughs) because look what it cost me. 
Like, they have to pay. I forgot about all this. I didn't even think about, you know? And it's like you walk down, down, down Consequence Boulevard, and this is true for yourself, too. So you'll sit at Accountability Cove waiting for you to pay you back. Waiting for you to be good enough to make sure all your kids are healed. Waiting for you to be good enough to make sure all the people that you hurt are no longer hurt. Waiting for you to be good enough to make sure that you, all the confidence that you lost in yourself is all gained back. Like you can sit at accountability road, like literally, like this is a literal picture of you guys waiting for you to fix it all. (laughs) You'll be dead. Like seriously, you'll never, you'll never, like, (laughs) like, some of those people you're waiting for to come apologize, they'll never apologize to you. And they're actually dead. Some of them are literally physically incapable of coming to you. And this is true of yourself too. There are some things you'll never make up for. You'll never do enough good to make up for the wrong that you did to yourself. Like literally, you're permanently changed. You are not the same you after that decision that you were before it. And if you sit at Accountability Cove and wait for you to become the same you you were before that, you will be sitting there forever and you'll live on Consequence Boulevard. You'll never get off it. You'll never get to forgiveness lane. And all of your good works, like you'll be trying to follow God because you want to heal yourself. And you'll be trying to love your spouse because you want to heal yourself. And you'll be trying to love your kids because you want it to feel good for you. Because if they can be healed, then that means I guess, okay, now I can get off of accountability cove. And if my spouse can, can, can be happy, then I can get off of accountability cove. And if, and if, and if my church can, can, can give me that position, then I guess I've gotten to a place where I can get off of accountability cove. And if, and if I can get married, then I guess, you know what, my singleness and all the issues I've had, I guess all of that can go wash away. And so you'd be sitting there literally for years or decades or forever waiting for you to pay you back for what you did to you. And I don't want that for you. I want you to walk down Consequence Boulevard. I want you to be honest about what it cost you. I want you to sit back and say, hmm, when I did that, this is how it permanently changed me. It messed me up. This is, how, this is what it cost my kids. This is what it cost my parents. This is what it cost those around me, the people that I hurt. Because it's not that I just hurt people, but I hurt people and I knew about it and that reflected on me. Right? And so, it, so it, all, it all comes back to you because half of those people aren't even thinking about what you did. But you are. And so you have to forgive yourself. You have to pick yourself up from accountability cove. Continue down Consequence Boulevard. Right? Don't slip into condemnation. Don't slip into a need for accountability. Nobody has to fix anything. You don't have to fix anything. You can't. So you have to keep walking. And by the way, this is a dangerous road, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams, because there's, there's, some, there's, some, there's voices down this road. Those same voices that come into your mind and play about how you'll never change. 
and you'll always do this, and this is how you'll always act, and this is how you'll, this is how, how weak you are, and this is how little faith that you have, and this is how little determination that you have, and, and those voices from the bushes, you know, it's, it's difficult, but you have to ignore those voices and keep walking toward forgiveness. You say, look, I'm, I'm walking through accountability, not to beat myself up, or with, when you're doing, when you're practicing this with other people, not to be like, oh man, yeah, I can't stand that guy. Never inviting him to our church. Like, I don't want people, he's not coming to my family reunion, you know. As you go down Consequence Boulevard, like, those voices start, start rising up, right? And, and, and bitterness, that's how bitterness seeps in. So, but you can, I believe, by God's grace, you can walk down Consequence Boulevard without letting bitterness in. So how do I do that? Well, uh, the passage that God gave me for you is Ephesians 4, verse 32. And this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church. And this is how the church should act within itself. This is how the body, singular, should act. So I know this isn't about forgiving yourself, but this is actually how the body of Christ works. And if this is how one body of Christ works, then this is also applicable to one body of Harry. Does that make sense? So if it, if it, if it applies to the church, it also applies to me, because I am also a triune being. I, I, I am a, a body, a soul, and a spirit. And so, and so this, this, this applies to me, because my body has to live with my soul. And my soul has to live with my spirit. And so he says here, first of all, be kind. That's my first advice to you. Be kind to yourself. So as you're walking down Consequence Boulevard, don't say the kind of stuff that's not kind. In fact, how many of you guys talk to yourself? Yeah, I, I talk to myself in the car, especially. And when I'm driving the Viper, I just talk to the Viper. So it's a, it's a, it's that kind of relationship. But, but I talk to myself and when I'm in my other cars because they don't have a personality. Um, Ford, Ford Focuses were tragically born without a personality. Uh, but, you know, I talk to myself. Well, like, what if, what if you recorded yourself all the time? And what if you listened back to it? Would it be kind? The stuff you say to yourself. Would it, would it be kind or would it be the kind of stuff that you wouldn't actually say to anybody else? Would it be a lot more brutal and cutting and fault finding, which is not kind? Fault finding is not kindness. Uh, blaming is not kindness. Oh, bringing up old stuff. There you go again. That's not kindness. Okay, so, so if, if somebody's doing that to you, that's the, they're, they're not kind, just FYI. If you're doing it to yourself, you're not being kind. And so kindness is not where I'm, I'm, I am always hitting with, with just, you know, tell it like it is. That's not kindness. Kindness is understanding what it is, but then also seeing the person behind what it is and valuing the person over, over their performance, right? So, so kindness looks at the heart. So be kind with yourself. Speak kindly to yourself. This is, this is how we ought to behave with each other. And by the way, if you don't do it with yourself, you're not going to be very good at doing it with others. You can fake it if you want. Uh, in church, there's a lot of attempts to fake it. But if, you just, if you're kind with yourself, it will naturally flow out to others. 
There will be a, because you'll practice on yourself. And if you practice forgiving yourself, you'll be naturally very good at forgiving others. Because you practice with God and yourself. Like, this is, this is just you. This is the community of Harry Fleming right here. Harry, be kind to yourself. When your soul talks to your body, be kind, all right? When your spirit talks to your soul, be kind. Like, in the, within this community. And he says, compassionate. Now, the word compassionate, come, it's a combination of come and passionate, like to come with passion or to, to come to the, to the table with, with, with passion or feeling or pathos or heart. In other words, as you walk down Justice Avenue, don't just walk down with your head, walk down with your heart. And as you walk down Consequence Boulevard, don't just walk down with your head, walk down with your heart. A heart, when I say walk down with your heart, I mean walk with your feelings. Be honest about how it makes you feel, but also be honest about how you felt when you did it. Because that that does add to it. And as you forgive others, be honest about how it makes you feel, but also be honest about how they felt when they were doing what they were doing. Not to excuse them, but to come with kindness and passion or heart, not just brain. It, it, this is really good, too, if you're, if you're married and you have to have a difficult conversation with your spouse, which hopefully you guys are having difficult conversations. Uh, don't just come with your head. Let's fix this. No, no, come with your heart. Because a head just enters into a relationship sort of like a, uh, an, an, an engineer. And just mentally, all right, this plus this equals that plus that equals that plus that equals that. But you're not dealing with, with, a, with a motherboard. <laughs> you're dealing with a heart that has emotions, that has desires, that has dreams and, and disappointments. And so when you enter into a relationship, maybe this is more for the guys, uh, turn on your heart. Turn on your emotions. He says, be kind and bring your emotion to one another. And then he says, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And that is the final step. See, in order to get to Forgiveness Street, it's really not a street, it's a, it's a toll road. <laughs> it's 45, which I really like 45, so we'll go with 45. It's a, it's a toll road. In other words, and, and by the way, the toll is way more than you could ever pay in your entire lifetime. You literally don't have what it takes to forgive people or yourself. You don't have it within you. But there is one who paid a debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. There is one named Jesus who has paid the debt for us to be able to forgive ourselves and others. And this same one was nailed to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I don't think he's just talking to the people who are gathered around him. He's looking down through 2,000 years and he sees Harry and he says, Father, forgive him for he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's extending that forgiveness to all of us. And this is the key, the final key to forgiveness. After you've walked down Justice Avenue and after you've gone down Consequence Boulevard, in order to actually have that, that, that miracle, really, of forgiveness, you have to look to the cross. And you have to say, the only reason I can forgive myself is because that man upon the cross forgave me, who I 
nailed there. Who, it, it was his sin, it was my sin that held him there. Right? My, my guilt upon his shoulders, his dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. Right? And so, so, you, all, so really God has, has really cornered the entire world to the cross. There is no forgiveness apart from the man on the cross. Even God himself, oh, the, the scripture, if you could put that back up, the passage, even God himself doesn't forgive us because he wants to, even though he does want to. Even our Father in heaven doesn't forgive us because he wants to. It says that God in Christ, or in the King James Version says, on, because of Christ, or on Christ's behalf, or because of what Christ did. In other words, God wanted to forgive, but could not forgive without the sacrifice of Christ. So even your heavenly Father, who is love himself, immensely desires to forgive us. Right? But even he has to look to the cross. Because the only answer to what we have done, there is no answer to what we've done except the blood of God. Except the man upon the cross. The, the, the spotless, sinless one dying for the sins of the world. This is our only hope. And so that's how we can forgive ourselves. If, if you would, I would just like just to spend just a couple of minutes in prayer right now, uh, focusing on the cross. Father, we thank you for Calvary. We thank you for the cross. And maybe, maybe for you today, maybe that's it. You need to put your faith in the cross of Jesus, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, in the price that was paid for your sin. And you need to say, I believe that that was for me. And I received that. Meaning I, I put my, my trust in that. I no longer try to be a better person. I put my trust in the man upon the cross, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. For my sin. He carried my, scripture says, he carried my sin. He took my sin on his body, on the cross, so that when his body died, I could be dead to my sin, that he could release me from my sin. He could separate me from what I have done so that he could forgive me. So, Father, first and foremost, we put our faith in the, the precious blood of Christ. We put our faith in the person of Jesus that as he's dying on the cross that he is enough for the forgiveness of whatever we've done from, from first degree murder right on down to a negative thought or an evil plan. Lord, that, that he is the answer for every sin in all of humanity. And we put our faith in him and we, we, we confess his name over our lives and his blood over our lives. And we believe that, that if we receive that forgiveness, that that is true and that that is real and it really does affect us. And if any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is new. And so we put our faith in Jesus. And also, Lord, I pray for those who have done that and yet haven't been able to forgive themselves. Lord, I pray right now that you would walk them down Justice Avenue. Let them be honest about what they should have done. Let 
Let them be honest about what they should have done instead of what they did. Let them confess that and acknowledge that. Repentance begins at acknowledging. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so we have to first confess. We have to first agree with God about this. We have to stand before justice and say, yeah, this was unjust. I have been unjust. And I have treated myself unjustly. And then secondly, Lord, may we walk down Consequence Boulevard and may we be honest about how much pain it has caused us and how much disappointment we have caused ourselves. The effects and maybe even the limitations of our uh, abilities and even our thinking and, and our capabilities have been limited and affected by this. But may we be honest about the, the, the stuff we missed out on because of this. The opportunities that we could have had, should have had, would have had. The life we could have had. May we be honest about what our mistakes have robbed from us, stolen from us, what the enemy has stolen. May we be honest about that. And yet, Lord, we don't hold ourselves accountable. We don't have to make up for it. But may we acknowledge it. May we come before the cross. And I'm not saying that you do this all this morning. But uh, may you end up coming before the cross of Jesus. And there see a man who doesn't judge you, but rather who says, Father, forgive them. Father, don't hold it against them. Separate it from them as far away as the east is from the west. Clean their slate entirely as if it never happened. Make them new again. Restore. As Keith Green sang, there is a Redeemer. And it's Jesus Christ the Lord, it's not us. No amount of accountability that we can hold ourselves to is ever going to make up for it. But there is a Redeemer. There is a, pay, a paybacker. <laughs> and it is Jesus. And he is the restorer of, of streets to dwell in. He is a repairer of the breach. He is a restorer of years. Some of us have lost years. We didn't lose money. We lost time. He's a restorer of years. He's a restorer of strength. Those that wait on the Lord will renew or restore their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He's a restorer of peace. Where there was no peace, he restores, he brings back. He's a restorer of righteousness. He's a restorer of virginity. <laughs> He's a restorer of innocence. He's a restorer. He restores. He brings back. Like, he's a restorer of, of physical limbs. <laughs> For 38 years, the guy sat by the pool of Bethesda, and one word from the restorer, and suddenly his legs worked the way they were supposed to work from the very beginning, as if they had never been injured. He's a restorer of our physical body. He's a restorer of our emotional health. He's a restorer of joy. He brings back joy. <laughs> He's a restorer of rest. 
His word says that when you that when you grab a hold of knowledge, which is details about him, and wisdom, which is the application of those details, that then in Proverbs it says, then you will lay down and your sleep will be sweet. He's a restorer of rest. So Jesus, we look for you to restore everything that the enemy has taken away and everything that we have voluntarily given up. We trust you, uh, that you've paid the price for us to be able to forgive ourselves and forgive others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't know, is this helpful for anybody? Is the Lord speaking to anybody? Good. Good, good. Well, let's, 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 let's have this be a start of a conversation, shall we? The beginning of something. This is not the end. Uh, there's several things you'll need to forgive yourself for, and I believe the Lord can bring those to you, can bring them to you in prayer throughout the week, can bring them to you in, in dreams in the middle of the night. That's the way the Lord speaks to me a lot is through dreams, and I'm like, that was weird. I haven't thought about that person in uh, 15, 20 years. What is going on? Ah, probably, probably the Lord wants to forgive, wants me to forgive, either them or myself. Uh, so sometimes you, you, forget, you have to forgive your old self. It's not even you in it anymore. You've got to have a conversation with yourself. While you drive. Man, the twelve thirteen class is having fun, I'll tell you that for sure. I don't know what they're doing. They're having a good time. <laughs> so um, you guys can go pick them up, uh, grab some coffee on your way out. But um, yeah, for those of you that are joining us this afternoon, we'll be at our house tonight, 6 o'clock. And uh, otherwise, have a great week. God bless you. See you.